Joso. Uh, no. More about gel coat. When the force. Don't you call in the. More importantly. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one. Hi, Trinell. Hi, Matthew. Hi. Here we are. We are going to be talking about different strokes. We now have season one available on Amazon Prime, and I am happy as a pig in poop, huh? Yay! I'd be happier if I could get Facts of Life without paying $1.99 an episode on Amazon, but I will take the few seasons that are available on Roku and Pluto. Yes. <laughs> Between the two of them, we have some options, but I agree with you. And how many times have we said, uh, Peacock, hello, you need content. You need something to draw people to want to sign up for this streaming service that you're trying to get off the ground. They could have an entire vintage section and have like shit like fucking Man Wolf or whatever the, that show was. Um, <laughs> what was that fucking uh, show? <laughs> You remember that show that was no. famously bad? Oh, it was a Brandon Tartikoff show, for Christ's sake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. God damn it, David. <laughs> was, was it Man What? What? Lone Wolf? Not Man, not man Hunter. That was a, wasn't that the no. TV movie? T Teen Wolf. Lucan, that was ABC in the 70s. It was, a, it was like Native American dude, his eyes turned red and he turned into a wolf. That was a series. It was like The Incredible Hulk, but not. Fuck all y'all bitches. <laughs> is it something that could actually be streamed on Peacock or is it another streaming service that it can be on? Yeah. yeah. It was a fucking flop. <laughs> rock cop. Uh, co oh, cop dear. rock. Cop rock. Yes. <laughs> it was uh, It was uh, my big fat Greek life, maybe? <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Oh. Go ahead, talk. I'm gonna go okay. ahead. You, you, you yeah. talk. I'm All gonna right. find this fucking show. <laughs> well, Trinell is broadcasting to us live via satellite all the way from her she shed. Yay! Wait, is this is this is just a podcast, right? No one can see me, right? No, no one can see you. Good. Yeah, because I was gonna say you might have wanted to tidy up a little bit. Uh, I am Manimal. 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 <laughs> it starred William Conrad. Of course it did. Like you do. And some woman named Melody Anderson. So, it, yeah. Did it come on after Heart to Heart? It ran for <laughs> September 30th to December 17th, 1983. That's... Oh man. So, anyways. Thank you, Matthew, for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. It was more, more to, because it would have driven me crazy. But, <laughs> anyway. So, Trinell, this is something Matthew and I have talked about doing for quite some time, where we thought we do have some more insight into the uh, the riddle, into the <laughs> the the puzzle that is Edna Garrett. I might say lore, maybe you know the the the, the lore the because. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just giggling. No, I just like because I it's almost it's almost mythical what this perfect human being has been through in her life to mm -hmm. make her the most perfect human being in the history of the planet. Um, so I don't know something more mythical than like origin story. 
guess. That's that's the current. That's the that's the woke term. But I decided we wanted to have Trinell on because I'm always forgiving an African American female voice a platform, and we you did are one. an ally. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel like it's important for me to let everyone know I'm an ally. Yes. <laughs> 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 That's the most important thing I find about allies today. You gotta let the people know. Yeah. Because if, if you're just doing the work, yep. but not you know, yep. posting about it. Trinell's on the show, patting myself on the back. You're a yep. welcome world. <laughs> and also, we were doing some different strokes things, and we didn't want to. Um, say white people things and like have them be like oh that's probably not the correct thing to say <laughs> so we wanted to make sure that that was that we're we're, we're keeping ourselves in check yeah as it I'm like, were i'm like the black auditor or something like yeah yeah well you are carrying the torch for all black people right now <sighs> <laughs> no no pressure um Look, people have been making me do that since i was like in kindergarten i'm used to it <laughs> So with wanting to further understand and explore Edna Garrett, uh, there was a video someone compiled on YouTube of just funny Mrs. Garrett moments from Different Strokes season one. And I watched it and I thought, wow, I guess I didn't watch season one of Different Strokes as much as I thought I did. So with watching that, I'm like, wow, how very different, how much more broad and sassy and and clown-like she was. And I thought at some point, if if I am going to be doing this microscopic dissection of the facts of life, I would be remiss, ladies and gentlemen, if I did not go back to the origin story and explore the Mrs. Garrett moments in season one of Different Strokes. And of course, call them out for every single little tiny fucking inconsistency. So with watching Different Strokes, it was like, yeah, we need a a person with a modern African-American voice to comment on this because as a landmark show about the meeting of the races and and how woke it thought it was in its time with its battalion of white producers, white directors, white writers, uh, I, I thought this is, yeah, all the right things. These are all the reasons why it's like, Trinell, you need to be here 100%. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we are going to be talking about, this is going to be the first in a series. Uh, whether you are able to join us, Trinell, that is entirely up to you. After we finish this, you may, you may peace out and <laughs> we'll see how mm. it goes. Yes, we will. We will see how it goes. Okay. Oh God. And also, we have no other black friends. So. I know. It's just... <laughs> Stop. Yeah, it's, it's I. I've seen your Facebook friend list. <laughs> oh. Me and Faith. Me and Faith. Oh jeez. Uh... <laughs> oh bless. I'm, I'm already sweating here from laughing. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no lie, sadly. I mean, it's we, not a we, word of nothing. a lie. I, I make no case. I make scroll, no case. Scroll, 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 yeah. scroll, 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 scroll. <laughs> so we watched the first three episodes of season one of Different Strokes and thought that we would kind of zip on through them and touch base on number one, 
Mrs. Garrett and what we might or might not learn about her. And secondly, let's let's kind of do what we do on Facts of Life and look at it with uh, a modern eye and a modern perspective. And uh, Turnell's pointing at her eyes and she's pointing at her skin. Mm-hmm. Yes, both, both do check out, yes. Uh, <laughs> So uh, let's let's get started. Let's do this. Season one, episode one, called "Moving In." Why didn't they called... just call it "Moving On Up"? Uh, it, it, oh last... wait, because "Moving On Up" is Jefferson's, and that is a different black people. Yeah, that's that different. Is, uh, that, that's I, a different. Even though, even though they're the same height, Sherman Hemsley and Gary Coleman. Yeah. You can see. I'm not saying they all look alike. I'm just no, saying. No, you can see why I might be confused. Bing. <laughs> Uh oh, is, is he on the list? Trinell, well, are you gonna? Because I, I got Trinell put me on the list for a couple things yeah, I said last yeah. time. We're fine. We're fine. That was a warning, Bing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I just remembered. You said, David, I didn't put you on the list. The thing is, what are you going to do to get yourself off the list? Ah, ah, I, I remember that. all about. There's so many things that y'all do all the time. That I'm just like, it's so much. So much. <laughs> I get tired at night just thinking about all the the caucasity. <laughs> oh, you know I have anxiety and you know <laughs> I already overanalyze every fucking thing that comes out of my mouth now. You're going to tell me that and now I'm going to be like, oh, I would hope I've never said something. And if I have, I hope you've called me out on that and said, yep. I mean, I'm sure I have because I'm ignorant. I'm from Indiana, for Christ's sake. So I don't remember anything, you know, glaring that you said. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. Off to a great start, kids. Wow. Oh, oh I adore white tears. Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> oh. oh, bless. Oh, my I God. I love it. Sometimes I just love watching you. Just watch or, us uh, squirm just, yeah Dude, I, we, I love it i love it you can't say we deserve, say, it. We deserve <laughs> it you can't say we don't fucking have it coming <laughs> jesus oh yeah thank but, you yeah. may i have another <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the moving in versus moving on up the final image looking out of the limousine as they are walking into the park avenue apartment and, you know, they have the extra added thing where they all look back at the camera like we're a happy family now. But it's the same image that's at the end of it's at the end of the season one Jefferson's opening theme. And it eventually becomes the first clip that we see in the later seasons of the Jeffersons. The very first is the car pulling up, them getting out and watching the Sherman Hemsley strut. That's what the joke of the shot is, is the way he has that strut of his and. Uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of, and again, developed by Norman Lear, as was the facts of life. So there are there are definitely connective DNA tissue between this. And and uh, it's um, first Prince of Bel Air had something similar too. Just poor black person drive out into the rich stuff, but they were black. They, he was moving in with rich black people, so that was the difference. Okay, <laughs> I love <laughs> fictional stories like rich black people. <laughs> Bong! Damn! Damn it! Damn it! Oh, I don't know if I should be jealous that he got a bong. <laughs> now, let me ask this right off the bat, because I did—I've never realized it because I never watched the really watched the first episode this 
closely before. The opening theme montage kind of contradicts the whole pilot, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it yes, does. it does. Are we just to assume it's later in? But like the way Arnold gets out of the limo, it's like he's never seen this building before. You know, in the in the opening montage, like he gets yeah. out of limo, he's like, "Wow, look!" and like he's walking him in. But then in the pilot episode, like they're waiting for them and they ring the doorbell. Like, so he didn't go pick them up out of yeah. Harlem. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I was like, who picked these children up when they rang the doorbell? And like, and in the um in the opening, Willis seems happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and they're playing basketball. They're just out with their Harlem friends doing what those kind of kids do, play basketball all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mr. Drummond just pulls, I was like, hey kids, sorry your mom's dead, load them into the car. <laughs> it's it is very weird how there it it almost is like the mythological representation of of what didn't happen in terms it's like, of it's like how Mr. Drummond sees it as opposed to what actually happened. Uh, yeah. Capacity. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I almost I almost feel like and they do it throughout the series because um, I watched now way more episodes of this than I care to acknowledge <laughs> last oh, no. night. Did you fall I just, down a rabbit hole? I, well, I bounced around seasons just to ah. see like, you know, because it changed so much throughout the oh, seasons. Yeah. I wanted to see like what dynamics and set pieces and colors and things like that. How about that Marianne Mobley in season eight? Oh, oh well, throw that Emmy at her. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's very Sherwood Schwartzy in the fact that they've got to tell everybody if this is the first time you've seen it and it's season eight, somehow you're seeing how this family came together. Uh, like got like it. The, the, when he wrote when he wrote the Brady Bunch theme, he was like, we had to write the theme song to explain why these people are together so that if it's the first time you're watching it, here's the story of a man named Brady. You know what I mean? So yeah, every yeah. time you watch different strokes, so, so nobody's like, why does this white guy have black kids? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you've got to see the progression like throughout the, mm -hmm. the series. So Matthew and I briefly did talk about the pilot when we had previously looked at an episode where the facts of life girls popped in. This mm -hmm. is later in the run. So we did touch a little bit on this pilot and how uh, just to, to, to not rehash stuff too much. Uh, number one, Mr. Drummond played by Conrad Bain. Yes. When he comes in, because he had previously been on Maud, he previously had a series. When he walks in on the set and the awful, the first time we hear the awful clap track. Yes. That is so clearly dubbed in like, oh, he's a person we think we've seen before. I immediately looked him up because like, did he do something before this? <laughs> <laughs> like what warrant yes, yes. <laughs> he walked in and stopped like he walked in and before the claps even started fucking stopped just... I, by the way Trinell, the only reason i agreed to do another different strokes episode of this is because i live for david's conrad bain impression and i'm so happy that you get to experience it it's almost mm. as good as his Mrs. Garrett impression in ways that it makes me laugh. So <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. 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 Don't force it, David. Just let it come natural. I, I won't. But <laughs> like uh... a bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
which is I've had bowel movements that are more entertaining than Conrad Bain. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) I don't remember him being so um, I don't know what the word is, but when I was watching him, I was like, I wow, he's a he's a yeah. He's really explaining this situation, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he is what we called back in the 70s, Trinell, a man in an ascot. <laughs> and Matthew, more so than myself, is the first one to be like, what the fuck is that mincing queen doing walking around? <laughs> and I'm like, really? I don't I don't get a gay vibe off of him. But maybe because previously on Maud, remember he was the neighbor and he was the conservative. So the idea was that Maud's liberal point of views often were what created some conversations where he was the conservative uh, voice. Was he gay? Was he gay in, in life? No. Okay. No, not at all. But the fact that he kind of bounds around and he's just so so happy go lucky, and I'm gonna make a joke. And oh, <laughs> yeah, that funny just... message guy right now. And it, it's just like. <laughs> There, there is a part of it where you're like, well, okay, but I did not remember the ascot, the full on Paul Lind, <laughs> I suck big dicks ascot. I mean, wow. This is how you greet children. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna like it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is my child greeting ascot. Of course I have my dinner <laughs> ascot and then my going to work ascot. But uh, okay. So, and it's just really, really bizarre. So the fact that there's this, okay, this was the show we were contractually obligated to make for this guy when he cut his deal with Maud and we'll just do it and give him the applause track. And we hear that awful clap track will continue to be what claps us off to commercial. And then it will also be brought over to Facts of Life. We talk about it constantly, Trinell, the awful clap track, how the beginning of it is really it's it's like you could have done another take with the audience <laughs> it was the end of the night they were yeah just, they were tired they were, like, we're done but we we have <laughs> talked about it ad nauseum well this mm-hmm. is uh i don't remember it being used before this show uh so here it is To talk about Mrs. Garrett, we've got Mrs. Garrett jumping over the vacuum cord, singing to herself and jigging as she's dusting the top of the sofa table. And then he walks up and taps her on the shoulder and she turns around in a, oh, Mr. Drummond. And what we learn is that she's been going to karate class and just got an A in kicking where it hurts. I One thing that was funny about the whole Mrs. Garrett thing is like, when she said like, it was like her first day and she is so familiar in this house. Like she's like, she has this repertoire with her new boss and she's just sassy as fuck. Yes, she <laughs> is. And, and insulting his jokes. And this is a dynamic I didn't remember where no. this happens in two of the three episodes we watched where he does a terrible joke and he says, hey, it's just a little joke. And here she says, when they're that little, they need a lot of love. <laughs> and, and the wrinkling of the nose that she does. And in the next, I think it's the next episode where she says, when they're that little, sometimes you need a magnifying glass, which could be a dick joke. Oh, my gosh. I'm just hard hearing you have a conversation between Conrad Bain and Mrs. Garrett. (laughs) 
there's a friend show right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just another level. Yes, it's her first day. Not only is it her first day, she's just comfortable. It's her first day. And this guy just lost his housekeeper who died yeah. after yes. uh, when he admittedly says she was part of the family. So, yeah, it's like, cool your jets, Mrs. G. We I might know. still be a little bit in mourning around here. <laughs> and that's the thing. These these children's mom just died. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've got that, too. About yeah. halfway down, I'm like, wait, their mother died. What, a week ago? Uh, yeah. 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 If that is like down. cut yeah. Willis some slack. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Jesus. But um, I know we've we've not really gotten too far into the episode, but maybe this is as good a time as any to talk about. Could we discuss the 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 TV trope of the live in maid that that thing that is so common on television it's it's like quicksand it's like kidnappings it's the things that TV told us were a lot more common than they actually were and I, I it doesn't it does not compute in terms of you think of Mrs. Garrett, and then the subsequent maids they had to replace her. Thinking of Florence on the Jeffersons, thinking of Alice on the Brady Bunch. Uh, the idea that, oh, they're, they're like a part of the family. You know, we go on vacation to Disney World and they come with us. They're, oh, they're part of the family. Mrs. Garrett, by episode two, is picking up Arnold and kissing him and all that. And it's like, so at what point do you be like, hey, you know, the toilets aren't as clean as they could be. <laughs> It's yeah. Well, he does a... tell her that she's feeding him too much. Yeah. She she does. He does have that uncomfortable conversation with him. There's there's a lot of hair in the bottom of my shower. I think you missed that. Could you take another swipe? It's funny you bring that up though, David, because um I think that has been replaced with um the nanny. And having done VIP tours for very wealthy people. There's always a live-in nanny that lives with them, vacations with them, and just people with money. Well, I think, yeah, I think the nanny as in you're helping us to raise our kids. Yeah. yeah. They're also the grocery shopper. And I think they hire a maid service to come in and clean. But, like, yeah. they're pretty yeah. much like a house manager, kind ah. of. Yeah. But the 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 notion of the live-in housekeeper, the, the yeah. benevolent, the older woman who's yeah. the maternal figure... It still, to me, does not compute because of the how do you separate that? How do you separate? Yeah. You're a member of the family, but you also uh, you need to do a load of laundry with some socks in it because I'm out. Well, I guess you're hoping that like Alice would never need to be told that because uh, she ran that house like a fucking General Patton. <laughs> those socks were clean. Those shirts were pressed. Dinner was on the table when Mike Brady walked out that office. She yeah. had it under control. He never had to have that conversation. There was no toilet to clean, remember, yeah. in, the, in the Brady house. <laughs> so, right. I guess I guess you're hoping that it's either Alice who's running things or Florence who's running things. And he had no problem telling her how terrible she was. So. She should have quit. That's all. I'm just thinking about that now. Like she he, did, but she lost the job and had to come back. Oh no! Uh, at least you got to meet Billy D. Williams. True, that's true. <laughs> and that note. <laughs> On that note, uh, we find out she's a karate expert right off yes. the bat. Yeah. We find um, out the karate is there. Uh, her hair 
is big, but it looks better than it does in the first season of Facts of Life. It's yes. like, what? why didn't she just keep this hair? What? Why did they do that big, smoothed over, puffed up balloon look? Uh, next to those girls, they had to make her as unsexy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, Mrs. Garrett, the way she acts on, um, on this show, I'm like, she is down to fuck. I'm telling you, she just like, I just feel like Mrs. Garrett would be like, I'm in, like key parties, I'm in. Just <laughs> all of it, all of it. Flamingos in front of her house, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna be out of town for the whole weekend, Mr. Drummond? I am telling you, there's, a, there's something about this mascara that I did not notice. We've dealt with this on Facts of Life too, where I've had multiple people on the podcast going, what, is, is she trying to fuck that guy? And it's because she's five foot tall. So she has to look up to everyone. So one of the bags of tricks of Charlotte Ray is when she's making a little note of something, she does that up and down searchlight thing. And I think that's what comes off as her being flirty when it's just a thing she does. Nah, she's just trying to fuck. She's trying to fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I will not disagree with you. Oh, no. I, it just says it feels wrong to say that in my mouth. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry, Mrs. Garrett. It feels wrong to hear it in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Drummond. Just Mr. Drummond, up. people love to eat my strudel. <laughs> so in, in this first coat. It, exactly. In this first oh, that's that's a good 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 point. Is that she always is wearing a singular dress that is a borderline uniform. It's a yeah. uniform type of a house dress thing and an apron. She is always dressed for work. But there is an actual uniform. There is an actual uniform because she shows up like she's mostly in her own clothes, which is professional looking. But there is a peach with a white collar. Oh, and she the cuffs. The, yeah. And the cuffs. She wears it in the first episode and the third episode when the mother comes along. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, um, like the Alice blue on the Brady Bunch, yeah, that blue yeah. thing that she wore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many of those did she have? How many? <laughs> Probably five. Because <laughs> every once in a while they'd show her in her own clothes and she put it right. She got right into it when she came back for the very Brady Christmas. She put that on. My next note, I don't know why, is could Gary Coleman be goddamn more adorable? <gasps> Damn I it. did not re remember he was so precious. He's tiny. His kidneys. <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. The, the other than Charlotte Ray, the only person on that show that knows how to deliver a fucking comedic line. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. He's fucking I, brilliant. Yes. Are you disparaging the talents of Dana Plato? I don't what? know what what episode it was, one, two, or three, but oh, it's my second to last note. Good God, Dana Plato is terrible. She's that's uh, my second to last. God rest note. her soul. She is bad, like full on. She is bad. Why did she have to ring the doorbell when she came? Out? I wrote that too. I wrote that too. Why is Kimberly ringing the fucking doorbell? Did <laughs> you live here? Oh, so, so, somebody so somebody brought in. There, like when either when Gary Coleman showed up, it was the the limousine driver brought in or somebody brought in um, the luggage. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, there was a missed opportunity for like a Carlton, the doorman kind of situation that mm -hmm. would be a possible like 
romantic thing between Mrs. Garrett and the doorman. Oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, hello, Mrs. Garrett. I'm here to deliver some envelopes. And she's like, well, let me open my slot, <laughs> you know, or, some, you know, there could have been that kind. And I thought, well, that was a missed opportunity to uh-huh. kind of have the doorman. Like the Jeffersons had a doorman that was, was always it Ralph? there. Ralph? Was that his name? Um, Ralph yeah. the doorman. Uh, yep. Wow. The stuff mm-hmm. that sticks in the old noodle. Girl. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. Always but looking anyway. for his tip. Yeah, I did wonder why Kimberly was ringing the doorbell at her own house. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, and. But oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing we, we talked about this the last time, that Mrs. Garrett quits because when he hired her yesterday, he neglected to point out that there were two additional children coming to live with them. Yeah. He also later on, we find out, didn't tell his mother that that yeah. was happening either. What, what the shit? Come on. Come so, on. Mm. Conrad, 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 what are you doing, baby? <laughs> He's trying to be woke, but he sure doesn't want to tell anybody about I it. I know, anyway. right? <laughs> and then, oh, like, and, and then when she's like, um, I won't tell her about them, she'll just see. What the? Why would you do that to an old racist? You yeah. can't do that yeah. to her. No, I mean, yeah, it might, it might kill her, and the world would be better off. But really, like, um, yeah, surprise! It's ridiculous. Uh, so. <laughs> Gary Coleman, does he say how old he is? Does it say he's eight? Am I remembering that? I don't. Well, oh, yes, he does say it be- because um, he mentions uh, oh, Willis's age, too. Willis is 13. Yeah. Or- Which so is, I think they- yes. Okay. So, yes. So, and Todd Bridges is 13. Now, Gary Coleman is actually 10. Yeah. Playing eight. So, we've had words about that, too, with him, you know, being into 2D in the facts of life. There's she good- does mention her ex-husband. Yes, she's she got a does. couple jokes about her ex-husband, but yep. nothing to it's always jokey, like when she tried to poison him or something like that. Yeah. And then the goldfish, Arnold says, if it looks like he's dead, he's just resting and not moving. And she's like, my husband had the same problem. My ex-husband had the same problem. Yeah. And yeah. So Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Even episode one. Mrs. Garrett being a Mrs., she is a divorcee, not a widow. So we have some wonderful Black people humor here, Trinell. I hope oh you appreciated gosh. it. Mr. Oh. Drummond, when the kids arrive, he oh. says, I practice shaking hands like a brother. Like a brother. I'm like, mm. and, and then I love that Willis was like, no, we're not playing this. No, no. And then Mrs. Garrett comes over. And Mrs. Garrett, how funny, the chubby old white lady knows how to do the handshake. Yay! And, and like what is... One, oh, yeah, and Arnold's like, Mrs. Garrett, are you passing? I'm like, I have passing lort. Lort. <laughs> lort. <laughs> that was a term that I did not know. Mm. As it's far, a- I mean, the only time I've heard it is in the drag community when someone is considered passable. Like uh, they're like, oh, you are you look so much like a woman. You're you're passing. Yeah. And I mean, nobody in Orlando, but I mean, uh, oh, about some people. I've heard it. I've heard it about Carol Lee before. Um, yes. But um, but no, I've never heard that as far as I guess, because I didn't think that would be a possible thing. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? What does that mean? Passing. You're black, but you are living and look white. Well, and, it's like the the character in Showboat that the character that Ava Gardner plays in Showboat. 
Yeah, she's not. That, but, that yeah. is uh, the whole thing of that is that she is. Oh, same thing in um, uh, Imitation of Life. Imitation of, thank you, read my brain. Imitation of Life, the whole idea that there's the there, daughter. There's two versions of it. There's a, they're, they're, uh, they remade it. The one that I know more with Mahalia Jackson, but the, the original one actually had an African-American woman who was passing and it scared the white people so hard. They're like, this is a thing. So when they remade it, they put... <laughs> why is my baby boy with an Afro? His mama's white. <laughs> <laughs> they walk amongst us. Holy oh shit. Oh my God. Like <laughs> invasion of the body snatches. <laughs> Didn't yeah. you say, Trinell, you had an you had or have an aunt where I had she's probably dead. Um, she's my <laughs> um, she's my she's my um my grandfather's sister. Mm -hmm. Straight up passing. I never really saw her that much because my grandfather, like, if he tried, I mean, he's dead too. He he could like sometime in the corner of my eyes, like, who's that white man? And it was my grandfather. Oh, like he had okay. the red. That's where I got the red hair from. But he did not pass because he was not fond of white folks <laughs> and then my because he grew up in texas you know Ooh, and then my yeah. aunt, my aunt it probably had an easier time around. like i don't fault her i guess she just had an easier time you know the you no know, 50s yeah backwards uh, of texas of course yeah I, I remember at some point you telling the story of like being at a family funeral uh, or something yes. and saying so who's that white lady over there and my mom's like that's your aunt <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> so yeah but the idea that for gary coleman to turn to mrs garrett and say are you past meeting uh, could, could you secretly be a black person oh my God. charlotte ray <laughs> i'm like i mean who, she she knows the handshake just saying i'm just like who taught the white writer that word i'm so mad <laughs> yes it's it's very 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 upsetting so they, yes. they found that word and they're like we're gonna write it in yes so let's start breezing through more of the plot of the episode it's just the kids arriving mr drummond wanting to show them a, a new world he has a little auntie mame speech of i want to open up a whole new world to you uh he shows them his hot tub and he has a hot tub room, apparently. It kind of starts sounding creepy, like he's grooming these kids. <laughs> like, I got a hot uh, tub. <laughs> and Matthew, he's always chasing Ar Ar Arnold. He's always chasing Arnold. And I'm like, I don't feel yeah. right about this. <laughs> Matthew, didn't you say that in later episodes, there's like spankings and... Um, oh, yeah. There's an episode where he has to discipline Arnold and everything. But like, um, it's like... There are several lines in the in throughout the series where he sends he's disciplining Arnold and it sounds like he's going to molest him. <laughs> it's like, like go it's upstairs like, and pull your pants down or something. Yeah, yeah, that kind of exactly that. Like go upstairs and and bend over and get ready, you know. And it's like that. There's nothing funny about child molestation. No, 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 no. But like that old man be chasing that little boy around that house. Like, <laughs> but I did have my last note of this was like, really? They have Arnold jump into a hot tub in white what? tidy whities. Yep. And <laughs> nobody was like, maybe we should have him in a bathing suit or I something. I mean, they bought him a goddamn pony. They don't have any shrunks. <laughs> <laughs> 
have in my notes, my notes, a goddamn pony. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Well, where's this horse gonna live? It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, <laughs> that doorman would have been great, like delivering all this stuff and like. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so he does say to them, uh, I, I've always wanted a son. Now I have two of them. I'm a lucky man. That's the awkward applause. That's the point. It, yes. Yeah. It's it like, was, I, uh, I, uh, no, uh, yeah, no. it's like, it was non-committal. They were not down for that. Yeah. They were, they, mm -mm. they're like, that's a white man. And those kids are black. I don't Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what woke is yet, but I think we're, I don't, we're, we get to be it by applauding this. Um, <laughs> But nonetheless, Willis is just, he is just, he's an angry little child whose mother just fucking died. His so, second parent died. His, his second yeah. parent yeah. has died. Yeah. 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 Like daddy wasn't a rolling stone. Daddy's dead. Yeah. Mama's dead. And this man, like, did yeah. he, did Mr. Drummond know these boys? If He, he said he's barely met them, he said, but at, she, in this episode. But the mama was so much a part of their family. Yeah. Yeah. But how does he not? She was a part of their family. They uh, were a part of hers. <laughs> okay. Okay. This, yeah. this premise and, is stupid. And clearly <laughs> she did she didn't live there. No. Obviously. Yeah. So she lived in Harlem. So why does Mrs. Garrett suddenly need to live there? Like, why doesn't she have another place? Or does she live there? Uh, oh. Do maybe... we establish that she lives there? I'm pretty sure she lives like we see her now. At I'm gonna have point. to go in down another fucking rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> she has a room. Like if she I wants feel to like stay. we've seen her in a nightgown and curlers in her hair. That's happened at some point. We'll, I don't we'll know. find out. That's what this is about. This is the first installment in future. We're gonna keep on exploring. But at this point, yeah, we don't know for sure that she just might show up really early to make them breakfast. This might be when she moonlights driving a cab. Remember? <laughs> we know. We know she she says she drove a cab at one point. Well. She She's yeah. in the city here. This would have been it. Uh, <laughs> making ends meet gig economy. Um, I don't know what happens. But when they come back to commercial, he says, I feel like I haven't made them feel like they're part of the family. Mm -hmm. They've been there an hour. Yeah. For Christ's sake. Their mama just died. <laughs> then I wrote down their parents are dead. Are dead. And Willis is just not warming up to this whole thing. I don't understand. You know, it's and like white savior <laughs> white oh white savior there's the title if it if they didn't get different strokes if that had already been taken or copyrighted there there would have been your alternate title in the back pocket it's it's such a white savior thing mm -hmm. he's gonna help them pass the sats <laughs> yeah <laughs> where were they before like the mama died and like they, they have nobody else. Were they in a foster home, I guess? And then like Willis is like, we're leaving. Where? True. <laughs> where, where are you going to go? Yeah. Back to the basketball court. I, I mean, anyway, um, so Mrs. Garrett's sage advice to him as he is trying to snap these kids out of their fucking funk over their <laughs> dead parents. Mrs. Garrett says, you should have some family fun with them. When I was growing up, we used to entertain each other after dinner, sing to each other, and she would dance around in her tutu. And Mr. Drummond and, and uh, Philip says, uh, well, that's a great idea. And she says, not now. My tutu is turned into a tutu by 4-4. Uh, yeah. 
So, but does that mean she studied ballet as a child? Do we have to add that? Yes. Is that, we're, we're adding that to the list. We're yes. adding it, adding it to she the was, list. She was on her way to becoming a prima ballerina, but there was like an accident of some sort. Yeah. Dropped a six pack on her instep. Yes. Yep. Found out she was too short. How tall are you, Trinelle? Five one. Five one. Okay. So just a little bit taller than Mrs. Garrett. So but, I can kick her ass. Yeah. No, well, I she's got the I, hair I on you. She's got she's got the bigger hair though, and uh, I know you could you could zhuzh it up. We know. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're not if we were in person, we would not be like touching it right now. Don't touch my hair. No. Yeah. That, we, that's happened. It doesn't happen as much as it used to. Well, not like before people woke up, they were just all up in my hair. Mm. Just oh my god, look at your hair! It's so cute. Just just. I don't want to touch anybody's hair. I don't that's understand that. I don't get it either. It's like, oh, she's a, she's a pet. I, <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, so I, ex- people are like, oh, she's so exotic. I'm like, I'm from Orlando. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess growing up in my little white world, I didn't realize that touching black people's hair was a thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't never, realize I never it never dawned a, on me to do it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a thing until after I realized I had done it to one to a guy. Uh, that I kind of sort of worked with. We talked about this, Trinell, where I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not letting myself off the hook. That was, the, but uh, again, not going to lie to you though. There is a hypnotic quality. It is like, does it feel like a cloud of rainbows and puppy dogs? <laughs> like, I remember as a kid being jealous of my friend Takatina and Dorina. Um, because their moms would send them in with a different fucking hairdo every day. And I fucking loved it. Like, uh, I was the gay kid that was like, I like your hair today. One day it would be like Afro. One day I remember Dorina came with finger waves like in her hair. And I was like, for a second grader to have finger waves was pretty hilarious. But she, I loved it. I loved it. Like I was always so jealous in the barrettes they would put in it. Oh. And oh, I, I just, I wanted to. Wanted to be, I so wanted to be Takatina. The, the double pom poms, the like the Mickey Mouse here is the double pom poms. And so she had an apostrophe, and her name was Ta Katina. Oh, I fucking I loved love, her. I love that name. It from well, it sounds like a snack. I, she, I just, she was my best friend probably in first grade. I fucking loved her. I love that you're like your hair is just different every day. <laughs> I love that it was different it's every like a, day. It's like a drag show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your fate was sealed. <laughs> <laughs> so Willis is still resistant. He's like, we don't belong here. Gary Coleman tries to push back. They, Mr. Drummond tries to put together this ill-fated family entertainment night, complete with Mrs. Garrett doing a comedically hilarious soft shoe. Let's watch the fat woman dance. Oh my God. And then Gary Coleman is of like, Mrs. Garrett, that's not dancing. This is dancing and changes the radio to disco. And then we have the comedy gold of Gary Coleman, adorable, shaking his booty and Mrs. Garrett joining in and dancing disco with him. But I'm, I'm happy that Gary Coleman didn't like just break into some like solid gold, like very like polished dance moves. He oh. danced like a little boy dancing to disco music. Hallelujah, yes. I was like, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight. Did he just genitay? I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's a ring at the doorbell when Willis is trying to get away from this awful, 
awful <laughs> event that's being imposed on him. And it is literally a wall of toys. When they open the door, the only place where there are no toys is the walkway in which enters the pony that we mentioned earlier. The goddamn pony. A fucking a pony. Fucking horse. Unreal. <laughs> well, Willis is like, nope, and you can't buy us. Bye bye. Then the episode ends with Arnold making a bit of a plea to him and saying, Willis, you're not giving them a chance and you're not. Uh, um, and, and, and do you think our mama would send us to the man that she didn't think would care for us? You're not being fair to me or to you or to mama is the end of the scene. And then the final tag is uh, Mr. Drummond is walking by the door to the hot tub room and here's the jets going and Willis is in the hot tub. He has accepted and is now going to participate happily in the family. Matthew, do not be wringing your hands. No. Mm. What's that red light? No. <laughs> or that red flag. No. Um, Willis, did you have your Jesus juice before you, before you <laughs> No, no. I feel funny. <laughs> but I will say, I thought Arnold's little speech there, again, was one of the best acted scenes in the whole fucking show. He, I just love him. I can everything. see why they wanted to make him a star. Yeah. He's Damn right. fucking brilliant. He's got it. Somehow they found Dana Plato. Where? Man, whoa. <laughs> I did Damn. not. I forgot how bad she was. Or I didn't know that she was that bad. And I was watching her like, oh, my gosh, my little brothers are my very own. Yeah. And, and if you come into my room, I'll punch you. <laughs> yeah. Where's my yeah. key? Oh, I'm so tired of having these braces on. I'm tired of making sparks with my fork at breakfast. It's, it's don't bite it's the fork. Bad. And <laughs> the writing, the writing ain't helping her. But yeah. Whew. But that's why in season one, episode two, if we are ready to move on, yes, please. Uh, we don't have any Dana Plato. Kimberly is not in this episode, and conveniently, Mr. Drummond tells the social worker. And the episode is entitled The Social Worker. He says, my daughter is away at boarding school. Which is hysterical to me. Well, <laughs> the Eastland School for Girls up in Peekskill. Oh! Oh! That's the thing. That's, that's the connection where at the end of this season, Mrs. Garrett goes to Kimberly's boarding school to help them out with like costumes for a play or something. We're going to be watching that one in a future episode. That's for sure. But this is the first, I mean, you know, season one, episode two, dropping the little tiny nugget of the daughter goes to boarding school. I didn't put those two together. I didn't at all. I forgot. Yeah, but uh, as Matthew pointed out, it's called the East Lake Girls School. It's not East Lind until we get into Facts of Life. At this point, ah. it is and all that. So yeah, season one, episode two, a social worker is coming in to check on the boys. And when she is there, she happens to drop, I think black kids should be with black families and white kids should be with white families. When Mr. Drummond repeats that to Mrs. Garrett, unfortunately having to shout it over the vacuum, Arnold overhears it, reports it to Willis, and they in instantaneously infer he doesn't want us here. He thinks because we're black, we belong with a black family. So let's call the social worker and tell her to get us out of here. We don't wanna be where we're not wanted. 
And of course, they don't tell him that that's what they overheard. So he's like, you're just not happy here. Well, then I guess I won't keep you here against your will. And not until the very last minute does it come out what a wacky misunderstanding it was. And their relationship is reaffirmed and the boys stay. Oh, my gosh. On a very special threes company. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but we get to see John Travolta's mom. Sister. 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 No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Older sister, I believe. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Actually, John Travolta is 67. Ellen Travolta, who is still alive, is 81. So she's 14 years older. So she is she is a, a chunk of time older than her brother. So that's why we do see a little bit of an age difference. Yeah. I feel like she has been like 47 for like the last forever. It's like Milton Burrow was always that age. He was never younger. He was never yeah. older. He was just like 80. <laughs> yeah. Like Elaine Stritch. She's looked 40 since she was 20 and just <laughs> aged up from there. But yeah, Mrs. Amesley is played by Ellen Travolta, sister of John Travolta, who I did not realize played Scott Bayo's mother on Happy Days and Joni Loves Chachi. Yeah, that's why I thought it was John Travolta's mother. <laughs> no, it's Scott Bayo's mother. And then she would go on to also play Scott Bayo's mother on Charles in Charge. Yes. Which is why I thought she was John Travolta's mother. <laughs> We have an Alex Rocco, Nancy McKeon thing here where we have a multi-series actor, uh, two actors playing parent and child because Alex Rocco played Nancy McKeon's dad on Facts of Life and on uh, Can't Hurry Love and on The Division on three different series. Ooh. So yeah, I didn't realize that. I remembered first being aware of Ellen Travolta because she has a bit part as one of the waitresses in Greece. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she does look like her brother. She's, yeah, if you look at if you look at her, like yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's the Italian dark hair, blue eye. You know, really light, pretty blue eyes. Both of them, honestly. Uh, that whole coloring thing going on, and uh, yeah, and so she's playing kind of a villain, but kind of not a villain. Is she a villain? But it's that trope that they set up with like social workers like that when they yeah. like like bitch comes in like she's working for the CIA, for Christ's sake, like like yeah. she's looking for hidden cams. She's looking under the tables. She's looking like, OK, they might as well play when she walked in, <laughs> for Christ's well, sake. Well, I mean, there is the hot tub room, though. She didn't go in there, did she? <laughs> and the punch bowl with the keys. We were talking about the key party earlier. I think yes. the punch bowl is in the hot tub room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's the deal. When uh, at the first scene, when it is revealed what the plot of the show is, it's now, boy, the social worker is coming today. It's very important that you make her understand how happy you are here. And it's like, or tell her the fucking truth. What? Why are we? Why are uh, we prepping the children to put on a face and put on a show for her? I mean, what is you doing? That <laughs> because they are children. So like, they. I think he's trying to say like, this is what needs to happen for you to live here. Like trying to make them understand, like, you know what I mean? Like you, this is why she's coming. She wants to make sure you're happy. So, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I wasn't but that mad at that. Scene. I, wa I was because he just, he was like, and say some good things about me. Just like, yeah. And I, then when, 
they make their entrance, they come skip. I mean, it's supposed to be for the sake of a joke where, oh boys, the social worker's here and they come skipping down the stairs hand in hand. And it's a funny moment. It's a laugh moment. But at the same time, you're like, oh, oh no. Like, uh, just be honest. Gary Gary Coleman cracks her up and I swear they edited away because she was about to to break (laughs) when he said my favorite line and I've got to incorporate it into my life. If this was heaven, I'd kill myself tomorrow. <laughs> oh, his little, his little. <laughs> yes, his delivery. I can, she could see her like she starts to look away because she's about to laugh because it was so mm-hmm. fucking precious. <laughs> he just want to boop his little face. Uh, he, yeah, because I guess, you know, we were kids when this was, show was on. So you don't really see like the, the, the utter cuteness of him because like, yeah. Yeah. But now he's adorable. He's such a star. And then I, and I watch him like, oh, he's dead. And I get yeah. sad. Yeah. He is a star. And I and it's and it is a little bittersweet to watch these, isn't it? Because yeah. it they uh, yeah. fuck. Why does you just watch it and you think, why does anybody want to be a star when we have historically seen what Hollywood has done? Even more now Hollywood is being more exposed for how awful they are to people Mm -hmm. but i mean even back that this ruined his life yeah like the mental mind fuck that happened to him because of hollywood and and greed and 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 his parents too his His parents parents fucking him over yeah them too that's what i mean the greed like the parents like taking his money for god's sake like Bless he worked his so heart. hard. Yeah, I guess maybe it wouldn't have been as tragic if he had decent parents. Yeah. Like, we I don't agree. hear about Keisha Knight Pulliam. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's okay. She's yeah. doing good. Yeah. But, like, I, I think I wish Gary Coleman had had that, been afforded that same life because he deserved that, I think. Because you're right. You're absolutely right, Joe. He is a fucking star. Mm-hmm. And you watch this, and the only people I cared about after the first episode was Mrs. Garrett and him. Yeah. They could have gotten rid of the rest of the fucking cast and called this Mrs. G and Gary too. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, go on a road trip or something. Yes. <laughs> I would have loved road trip movies with Mrs. Garrett and <laughs> fucking Arnold. She, she oh, she's a, she is a middle-aged trucker woman who finds a kid at a truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a goddamn movie right there. That takes him on the road. Oh. And, he, and they still have um the goldfish. <laughs> yes. Yes. And if there is a heaven, that movie is being made and we will someday get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like they're they're questioning him. He does have a daughter. The man has a daughter. Yeah. So like let's let's not act like he's never seen a kid before. No. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Agreed. Just she's nowhere to be found in this episode. I know. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> maybe Mr. Drummond thought that um she would ruin it for everybody because you know she's so She's so honest with her speech, so. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Drummond, this was a suitable household for these two young black boys, other than the horrible performance being given by your daughter. (laughs) Therefore, I cannot recommend to the board that these boys be allowed to stay. And like, maybe she's just mad because these little black kids are gonna be living better than she is. Like, like she walks in like, what do we have here? Like, it's a mansion in this great. Yeah. Yeah. And they're making them share a bedroom. They're not even taking two of the 40 bedrooms that are probably in this goddamn place. I thought about that. Like, huh? Oh, because it'll be 
plot wise it'd be difficult if they had two separate bedrooms because they need to be able to talk about major life events that's happening in there in the house yeah much like they're all stuffed in one dorm room and in facts of life Mm -hmm. they love saving their money on the sets but i did appreciate the way they kind of like and i guess it's an easy out like the at the end the social worker said wait that's not my opinion that's what the computer told me to say and the computer's opinion and like she you know so like i don't know if it was a change of heart but she's like i will tell my computer to go suck an egg like Mm -hmm. you know because i I guess she has like a change of heart or whatever but i i I don't know if that was a cop-out or if that was like um like I don't know how many different ways can you deal with like a racist person coming into your apartment and not understanding what's going on, you know? It did seem kind of a weird kind of switch. Like, um, yeah. So you're not good at your job is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and another chance in the late seventies for people to be like, all these computers don't know everything. You know? (laughs) So but I loved Mrs. Garrett's one-on-one with Mr. Drummond about what kind of man he is. We yeah. got full, we got full blown Mrs. Garrett there. Yeah. She says she's trying to cheer him up. Cause he said, cause it's, it's like, well, it seems like the, the boys don't want to stay in. They're going to be going tomorrow. And Mrs. Garrett, uh, he says, give me one reason why I haven't been a good father to them in one week. And she says to him, well, you're a little overbearing. You're a perfectionist. You can be demanding sometimes. And he says, I said one reason, (laughs) not all that. But then she does say she thinks he's a great father. She says he's kind and loving. And this is where you realize, even more so getting into the third episode, is that this the character of Mrs. Garrett is critical to this show because he needs another adult to bounce things off of if they're not going to make him in a marriage or have a girlfriend or a business associate or whatever. uh, This is a very important role to get him to talk adult speak without filtering it for the kids. Yeah. She does have a very Charlotte Ray moment where she says, I mean, Mr. Drummond, look at what they've got here. And she gestures to the full extent of her arm, full (laughs) rainbow. So the full height of her arm, five foot four. Uh, And then she says, the kids are living in the lap of luxury. That's a putting her hand on her hip and strutting over to the kitchen door. And then she makes a comment that, this place is the biggest, greatest yard sale waiting to happen. And Mr. Drummond says, what's a yard sale? And she's like, and, but the, but the physicality of the big over and then the hand on the hip and the strutting. It's like, those are Charlotte Ray 101 pulling from her big bag of funny. And, and she doesn't get to do it that much on facts of life because Again, her role here, she is more a sidekick, sassy, clowny goofball. Who's trying to fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, horny. I missed the word horny in there. Um, What we've learned from this episode is that, yeah, she is sassy and cartoonish and broad, but there is the empathetic nurturing side of Mrs. Garrett. It's interesting how much of the character, because it's Charlotte Ray how much of that character is already starting to gel in two episodes. Yeah. Wow. Quick, 
like when did their mom die? I'm just trying to get the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between a week ago and two weeks ago. So this, uh, you're like, yeah. I think the boys are adjusting pretty darn good, considering. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree. Mr. Drummond didn't even pick them up at their home. <laughs> he he sent his fucking chauffeur. He sent the chauffeur. I don't know which ascot to wear. Just go without me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He didn't even pick up Kimberly. Like, she had to show up. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yes, so true. Has to ring her own doorbell. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Daddy? 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 <laughs> Can I come back? No, it's okay. We don't need you this episode. You're okay. My, my key doesn't work anymore. I don't I have sons now. <laughs> <laughs> I got what your mother couldn't give me. <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> Too far. Too far. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, nothing is said about where is I mean, we assume he's a widower. Because there's not talk about, well, Kimberly's staying at her mother's, my ex-wife kind of thing. So I, I'm fascinated as we continue to go through this, because I don't remember what Drummond's story is about his wife and uh, <clears throat> why they might have had to break up because of his many, many ascots or something. <laughs> um, what are these magazines? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ready to move on to episode three? Literally, the only thing I have about this episode is the fact that um, who the teacher is, and at the end, she does a hit of poppers. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, Bitch they, they pulls called, out a bottle of poppers. It, they were called smelling salts, dear. Oh, smelling yeah. salts. All right. Yes. They, they looked like a, a bottle of jungle juice. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. And who was she? Because when she arrived, it was an applause. She is a veteran character actress that people recognized from somewhere. And uh, and it was really the audience. It wasn't the clap track. But uh, we're talking about, let me just catch us up, as it were. Now, moving on to season one, episode three, called Mother's Last Visit. This is where the long and short of the episode is Mr. Drummond's mother is in town. And we learn that not only has he neglected to tell her that he is adopting two children, he also avoided telling her that because they're black. Black, 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 black. I know. And so it's about how does he break the news to her? How does she respond? And then how do we, of course, get a happy ending, family, warm, fuzzy with her accepting her, her beloved son and his brown children? <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the actress who plays his mother is Irene Tedrow. We just saw her on an episode of Facts of Life. Uh, it's in the future, but it's in our past on the, on the podcast where she played uh, an older teacher that was uh, a mentor to Joe when Joe was briefly thinking that she was going to be uh, a teacher on uh, early season seven of the Facts of Life episode called Teacher, Teacher. <laughs> And uh, she also was in an episode of Three's Company where through a series of wacky misunderstandings, Larry is under the impression he has to seduce this woman. Her character's name was Martha. Do not ask me why I remember that. I will but not. 
but we have Larry coming out like, you know, in the open shirt medallions with the two, you know, the, the two glasses and the bottle of wine and trying to woo and schmooze an old lady like this. Whoa, how wacky. But, I mean, uh, old women want some too. <clears throat> that's true. But uh, <laughs> if you look at Irene, we we did do a, um, an analysis of her career, Irene Tedrow. And when we were talking about her on Let's Face the Facts, there isn't one specific movie or career-defining television role. She's just one of those actresses you have seen in a million, kabillion things. Uh, so he refers to her as a 73-year-old jet setter. Matthew, you know I don't like getting too much into the ages of characters and actors. Yeah. Uh, so if his mother is 73... Yeah. And Irene Tedrow is 71, by the way. So they're aging her two years. Uh, Conrad Bain, it's like, are we trying to telegraph how old they want us to believe uh, Mr. Drummond is? But in fact, he was born in 1923. He is 55. No, he's not. Uh, how old are you, David? And so I'm 53. And go fuck yourself. And uh, that's two years older than David. That's yeah. just two, two small years older than David. <laughs> yeah. How old are you again, Matthew? How much older than you in this? Matthew? How dare you? Yeah. Matthew won't but tell anybody. Trinell was about to speak. Stop stepping on the African-American female voice, what? David. But Long. I... Oh, damn it. <laughs> you threw me under the black bus. <laughs> bong, 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 no, bong, no, bong. no, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> it is a black Land Rover. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. A black Escalade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Teachable moment. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be 47. <laughs> okay. And just, now, Matthew, while we're sharing, Matthew, <laughs> mm -hmm. age, uh, uh, age. <laughs> I will never, ever, <laughs> ever tell you. Ever. My ex-husband doesn't know how old I am. Wow. I love that. I, I hear love that. I hear his mother doesn't even know. But uh, <laughs> so uh but anyway, Bay, he looks old. He looks old. He does he, not look like he's 50. He's aging like an avocado. And his mama <laughs> and, Yeah. And, that when, is, and his and it, his mom was supposed to be 73. She looked old. She looked like she was 90. Okay. Yeah. 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 People used to age much differently back in the day these are th these are some road hard and put away wet 55 and 71 year olds yeah yeah but if she is 73 he can be 55 yeah. uh because that means she would have had him when she was 18 so I mean well he could also be 60 i mean <laughs> technically <laughs> if she's 73 so i mean you're throwing a, at a you're blindfolded, throwing at a dartboard here, David. Okay. Wow. In a probes. Uh, I'll just say they both look old as fuck, and that's sad. Yeah. There. <laughs> I will not disagree with you there. So um, the the word is that his mother's coming to town, and uh, as the kids go up to prepare or get ready for their school day or whatever the fuck they're doing, this is where he confides in Mrs. Garrett. There's two things I haven't told her about the boys. What's that? That they exist and that they're black. Dum, dum, dum. Dummy. <sighs> so anyway, um, she shows up 
she is sort of a typical old rich white lady uh we already established that she's a little fussy that she's condescending she critiques kimberly's dress <laughs> poor kimberly like her it's so horrible if your grandma's a bitch <laughs> no <laughs> where did you get that awful disgusting frock you gave it to me grandma and then uh, she's last like last year but it's last year's Ooh. have and you seen she- the rest of her wardrobe on the show have you have you <laughs> And then she buys her new stuff and all is forgiven. <laughs> exactly. Truly. Well, but- she says, I have a present for you in that brown bag over there. They're all brown. <laughs> when when Dana Plato goes walking up the steps, all of her luggage matches and they're all brown. So which wow. bag am I supposed to pick here, Grams? <laughs> well, finally, Philip, when he has a moment with his mother, says, I now have two sons. And she says, you got married without telling me? And he says, no, I'm not married, mother. And she says, oh, one of those modern arrangements. Well, well, at least she 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 doesn't seem unhappy about it. She isn't like she she can't count either. Like, what's the last time she saw her son? Exactly. What the fuck? (laughs) It's it's cray cray. It is just cray cray. (laughs) So finally, he can't bring himself to tell her so he decides the way she's going to find out is he's going to say here they are turn around and lay your eyes on them and she faints before we go to commercial she fucking passes out faints vapors the vapors (laughs) wow turnell have you ever had anybody turn around lay their eyes on you and faint because you are black not faint so, <laughs> so, um, well, um, when I had my, I, I dated my first white boyfriend when I was like 27 <gasps> years old, I was mm-hmm. like, and I was meeting his mom and his, he did not tell his oh, mom. No, no, no. I was black. He did not. And it was, I met them. It was like at a church at like a, his nephew's christening or something. And he's like, Mom, this is now. And she turned around and went, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, You didn't tell her, did you? And he goes, No, why? I didn't think to. I was like, Okay, okay, for the rest of the day, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Someone is going to say, I look like someone famous who is black and I will not look like that person at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not like, like, oh, you look like Eartha Kitt. Yes, I do. And lo and behold, we were watching something like um, the singing show, uh, not who was American Idol. Yeah, that's it. And um, some girl was on there and someone was like, you look just like her. I looked nothing like the woman. Was it Jennifer Hudson? Like probably when, when she weighed 200 pounds. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Fantasia. Like, yeah, just someone that. Just oh, my God. Fantasia, and then, that's right. And, and then he looked at me and like, see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she looked real shocked to see me. Wow. I am so. <laughs> <laughs> was she uh, nice, though? Did she end up being nice or was it? Yeah, I mean, it was fine, I, th- I guess. I don't know. I was just I just I was humored i just thought this is going exactly how i thought it would go 
Because the idea is that, well, I didn't tell her because I knew it wouldn't matter. She might have been surprised, but it wouldn't matter. Versus this show where it's like, I didn't tell her because I know she is a persnickety, judgmental, racist bitch. So I'm I'm bending to the whimsy of the of the bad person in this scenario. Yeah. And I, I should go back to that first scene when uh, Gary Coleman is talking about he's complaining to Mr. Drummond that Mrs. Garrett's feeding him too much. And so he's like, well, tell her. And he says, don't keep problems bottled up. You have to speak up. So <laughs> that is the lesson of the show, because later the boys throw that back in his face, don't they? Yep. Don't they say, uh, this is an instance where you need to practice what you preach, dude. And you're, you know, he's doing all that same stuff that people have done over racist parents. And I will say homophobic parents. We've, we have definitely many intersecting overlapping experiences there where it's, ah, well, she's old. Well, she's not going to change her mind. Well, she's going to be dead soon. Well, I love that. Like, oh, she's just old. Yeah, that means she was trash when she was young, and now she's trash. <laughs> yeah, she's set in her ways. You know, you're yeah. not going to change her now, and you know, but she's a wonderful human being. And <laughs> but well, the one thing about her, like, she did, you know, she passed out when she saw two black children. But um, she seemed to be like awful across the board. Like, even with Mrs. Garrett, she was like, "Why are you sitting yeah. with me?" Yeah, the Mrs. Garrett comes in with the the coffee tray with the the silver and the 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 coffee, and she says, "Your help just walks into the room without you calling for them. Where's the bell?" <laughs> and his sassy comeback to that is, uh, "I removed it from her neck a week ago, or something like or it fell off or something." Yeah, yeah, it fell off her neck or something like like really, and then to add to it directorially. They had Mrs. Garrett plop her ass down on the couch next to mom to serve her the, the coffee. And even she's like, oh, do you polish the silver here? And Mrs. Garrett gets a great sassy line where she says, yes, I do. I do every single week. I look at it. And I think if I'm looking a little too foxy, it's definitely tarnished. <laughs> ha ha! Although I thought it was odd that Mrs. Garrett did just kind of plop down. <laughs> It, it was a little it, it's that's a bit familiar i mean yeah. i'm not i'm no snob but <laughs> yeah, again it's that but she's a member of the family I mean, he does introduce her she's you know a member oh she's just like a member of the family um she's been there a week yeah exactly <laughs> <She's been> there... <laughs> yeah well technically two this is her okay. third week there now okay but it's like yeah it's like oh she's like a member of the family uh, you spilled some would you clean that up please <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> oh, white writers. Oh, here's a great one. Oh. He's trying to justify her behavior and the passing out to the boys. He says, oh, she just has jet lag. And Willis says, yeah, she doesn't have jet lag. She has black lag. <laughs> okay. Um, it was an interesting term, but I did like the fact that Willis was calling out the old white lady. <laughs> oh, true, true, totally. Yeah. And and him making sure Mr. Drummond knows they are not stupid. It's like we we yeah. are there. We see things. We're not we're children. We're not fucking idiots. So uh, agreed. Totally. That was one but of the good Willis, ones. I feel like Willis is just just an old man. <laughs> just, I mean, 
He's just wise beyond his years. He's, he's lived. At the, he, he's lived. And like, they make it sound like his their life in Harlem was horrible. Like all they knew was criminals. I'm like, ah, it's, that's kind yeah. of a little stereotype kind of thing happening there too. Well, it was Harlem in the 80s. I mean, the okay. early 80s. That's true. That's true. I mean, like 1920s Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. it's like that was and Times Square, like was not a place people want in Central Park. You couldn't even walk through Central Park, mm-hmm. which is not in Harlem. So I think New York in general was not yeah. safe in the 80s. Yes. I watched the deuce <laughs> and I saw. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same thing on the Jeffersons, where the big thing was that both George and Louise were raised in Harlem, and now they live in their penthouse apartment, I don't know, Park Ave, Central Park West, whatever. But it's that same thing of Harlem was TV speak for tough Black neighborhood. Yeah. Skid Row, bums, criminals, prostitutes, sex workers, all that thing, you know? I I didn't realize that we... That's not a word anymore. We say sex workers. No, prostitute is not considered a, nope, it's not, that's not a woke term. Nope. It what is. What about hoe? A hoe. <laughs> well, you can call me that any day. A woman of the night, a working girl. Yeah, a courtesan. <laughs> a woman of ill repute. <laughs> or yeah. a man. <laughs> or, or a man, or yeah, or whatever you want me to dress up like, as long as uh... it's some cash. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they will yeah. pay extra if you let them call you mommy. <laughs> I, I said it before and I will say it again. Yep. Hey, don't don't give up all your secrets, Miss Thing. Do not. <laughs> Anyhow, we do come to the culmination of the episode where he does confront his mother and he says it's long overdue. You're behaving like a spoiled, unreasonable snob. And ever since you've walked through that door, you've been criticizing everything. And. And she is shocked. And uh, he says, it's time you learn to accept people for who they are, not who you expect them to be. I like that line, even as corny as it was. Yep, true. It's that got applause and real applause from the audience, not the not the fake stuff and not the half-hearted stuff. That was a true applause moment. Um, and she does say, well, I know I'm a little set in my ways. And he says, yeah, set like concrete. So he comes to this is kind of the uh, a more true to life moment than maybe they realized where he says, the choice is yours, mother. That thing of, okay, you are at a crossroads where if you want to be a part of my life and my family, that is in your hands now. But what we're at right now is not acceptable and not going to work. And uh, she says she'll try to change. He says, we will help you. And with that, she says, come here, grandchildren. And all three of them get a big group hug. And isn't that great? And he says, well, let's all go out to dinner, including Mrs. Garrett. And she says, Mrs. Garrett, but she's the fucking hired. And almost, almost slips back into it. I mean, though. (laughs) Yeah. It's, she is three weeks new. I mean, is she a part of the family? I don't want to sound like a snob or anything, but this is like a family bonding. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it is It is a little bit true. I meant to mention the whole tea situation where Arnold spills the tea on. And I'm like, um, was that nothing but water? Because uh, it was. 
it was clear. Tea. Yeah, it was, it was First of all, the whole her trying to get to know the boys and trying to make peace and all that. It's like, well, you know, sit and have a cup of tea with me. I mean, the kids are like, sure, okay. Uh, have you ever offered a cup of tea to a child? No. And had them say, oh, yeah, I am so in. <laughs> Do you have a Capri Sun? Like, <laughs> yeah, I need a juice box. I need a glass of milk stat, preferably with cookies. But tea and then Arnold, Arnold has trouble navigating the complexities of the architecture of a fucking teacup. I don't know what was wrong with poor Arnold. He had a spell or something. And so, but the idea was that the nice moment that this was is broken by her spilling tea and ruining her $800 suit. And uh, we have a great line where he asked her if she fought on the side, on the north of the south <laughs> during the war. Yeah. So like, well, yeah, but the war, like, did she, was it on the, oh, volunteer for the war? I volunteered. Yeah, for the she war said, now. I volunteered for the war. And he goes, oh, for the north of the south. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because she's old. <laughs> old. And a racist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just thinking, of, just remembering Arnold trying to drink out of a teacup. I'm like, what are you? I feel like he did that on purpose. It it, it was not Gary Coleman's finest uh, no. physical work. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the only also other... three weeks into this. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> the only other moment that I had that was of note is uh, I think to help get her out of her fainting spell or her migraine before she does the poppers, I mean, smelling salts, <laughs> Mrs. Garrett does come in with a brandy and she says, thank you. I don't need it anymore. And as she turns around, Mrs. Garrett downs the brandy. Red flag. Yep. <laughs> oh, start marking up the liquor bottles, Philip. Mark them up. So she's going to be stealing. Mm -hmm. Hired help. Don't trust them. She's drinking on the job. She's yep. lit. That, that's why she's like, I'll, I'll change my clothes because she is drunk. She is <laughs> drunk. And she does get drunk in an early episode of The Facts of Life as well, when her ex-husband comes back and pries her with champagne at a lunch in the middle of her work day. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do know Mrs. Garrett does have a drink, though. It's not really a big part of her character. But this was a funny little, again, the sassy sidekick supporting character moment where you don't need it. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah. And uh, just Mrs. Garrett continues to be the important role of the sounding board for Mr. Drummond in this episode as she was in the last episode. And uh, what else do we have before we, we wrap up talking about this show? Let me see. Black stuff, black stuff, black stuff. <laughs> racist, was this racist. show important to you? Trinell, like I would like to think that by the time different strokes came on, it wasn't a situation where it's like, look, mom, there's black people on TV, you know? Um, I, I like the show. Um, I mean, growing, I'm trying to remember what I thought of it. I thought the premise was kind of funny. And, and then, then, you know, Webster came and it's like the same shit over and over. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the aspirational rags to riches story. Maybe my parents will die and a rich white man will adopt me. Huh. <laughs> did did um, you ever have thoughts like that? No. <laughs> Jesus, David. What? Yeah, hey, oh, 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 I went too far. Really? <laughs> Bungong. No, <laughs> damn it. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't think I watched it in terms of like, oh, there's someone that looks like me. It was just kind of like, 
it's cool, but it was nothing like really, you know, just life altering about it. Okay. I remember well, watching Good Times, like, because I, I grew up in the suburbs. I'm like, he gets. I don't ever want to be this. <laughs> They're so destitute. <laughs> Is this where the help goes, Mom? This, 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 <laughs> could this have been me? Oh. And and it is true because uh, remember, Florida was the help. She was the the housekeeper maid on Maud, and then yeah, another. That's funny because at, at various times, my mom would have like odd jobs here or there. Usually, when she wanted to buy stuff, and she did work as a housekeeper, and we still lived in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We still have two cars. I went. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. But there, the thing is, at this point, there were black people on television. We did yeah. have, we had the Jeffersons. We had good times. I think even what's happening had already started at this point. Ooh, just I like to, what's happening. And so I used to watch that too. Like again, rerun <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> oh, I had a crush on Dwayne. Oh, he was cute, but stupid. Yeah, I mean, very, very dim, dim. Yeah, that wasn't a smart boy. Yeah. Haywood, so, no, Nelson. Haywood Nelson. Haywood Nelson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to be confused with uh, Matthew's friend, Haywood Jablomi. Anyone? It was just a little joke. That's all it was, just a little joke. When they're that little, they look like your dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, wow, what a perfect, perfect way to close this out. Any last uh, Black people thoughts you wish to contribute to this, Trinell, before we before we head on our way mm. about this show or about life and the world in general? Oh, we, we no, don't yes. touch our hair. Please uh, fix two hundred years of racism by summing it up here with different right. strokes. Okay. <laughs> Don't be a Mrs. Drummond. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Your voice is heard. We hear you and we see you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now go and post about it. (laughs) (laughs) Put a black X on your Facebook profile. You know, all be. Oh, bless. Thank you so much, Trinell, for doing this. Hopefully you'll be back for our next installment when we do another few episodes. About Roots. About, you want, oh, you want to do Roots now? Okay. Or the Black versions of all the movies, like the Black uh, Steel Magnolias. And the, oh, and the Black Annie. And the oh, black, yeah, the Black Annie. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. and the, Oh, they're doing um, Black Wonder Years. Are they? Yeah. Are they calling it the blunder years? I think they are. Oh, okay. But wait, Going the then. wonder years was in 1988. They went back to like 68, didn't they? So if they do a one wonder years now, they'll be going back to 2001. No! 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 You shut your whore mouth! <laughs> Bong! Bong! <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again, guys. This is another TV Talkaholics for September of 2021. And uh, thank you, Tutti Fruities, for supporting the show. We love you. And we will be back at you next month. Bye. Bye. We learned nothing about Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We learned that she wants, she's down to fuck. Yeah.
She's karate. She'll do karate. Oh, yeah. yeah. She likes it rough, apparently. More about gel coat. When the fourth. Don't you call in the. More importantly, 